Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The happy hour is on the air! Hey, John. Yo. Don't forget that tomorrow is a Friday. It's a one beer Friday. It's a movie club Friday. It's a zone deal Friday. Have you all watched the movie yet? Tonight. I've watched half of it. How long is it? How long is it? Two hours. Okay. Is it even? T- I thought it was an hour forty-five. Uh, on on uh, Paramount Plus, it said two hours. Oh, okay. Last week's was an hour forty-five. All right. And I gotta realize I gotta pick a movie. The Untouchables, which is on Paramount Plus, is the movie club selection for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What year did this one come out? Eighty-seven. Oh, so it's post. Is that post Indiana Jones, Sean Connery? No. No. No, he, that was eighty nine, right? Last Crusade was eighty nine. Nice. Bum, ba, dum, bum. Yeah, my so. my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be tomorrow. It's also a one beer Friday, brought to you by the Nebraska Craft Brewers Guild. This is like the first Friday I'm in studio. It feels like in a month. I know, but then you're gonna be gone next week again too. So I know, but I, I mean, awesome. at least tomorrow I'll be here in studio to be able to enjoy. What are we having tomorrow? What do you? Uh, oh, I don't remember. I'm checking. It's from a small town. It's from Western Nebraska. Script Town? No. no. Yes, Script yes. Town. Thank yes, you. yes. Script Town. Yes. Script Town Brewery. Nice. Will be uh, tomorrow's One Beer Friday. Not Brought tomorrow. To the Nebraska. Yeah, tomorrow. Scratch Town is. Scratch Town. Scratch Town, Scratch town is next Friday. Tomorrow is Benson Brewery. Josh, you. Not me. This is not me speaking in the third person. Well, someone better get with the. Uh, He's sales, been listening. He was listening. Person, to- Josh, make sure we have the right beer in house tomorrow. Wow. All right. That was a good cat. I hope you're right. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule that yeah. I was. So yeah, he probably just, maybe just remembered wrong. Okay. All right. Cool. Benson Brewery, tight. They're local. Support the, local. The good news is they're right over there. They're literally local. They're right like, there. Right over there. Yeah. So we'll be good. Uh so yesterday we mentioned that the college football playoff leadership started talking about new playoff models. And you're going, wait, didn't we just change this thing? We did. Yes, indeed. But this is for the permanent, well, we call (laughs) it the permanent contract, but the next re-up. This is for a a good way to understand everything that's happening if if you aren't all up to to snuff on things, up to date on things. The, The new expanded playoff is only two years. Because this is finishing up the original 12-year contract. Correct. And so... So we this have, is an edit to the original four-team contract. We have read many stories on the air over the last couple of years that made reference to, and if they wanted, 
they could build a new format from scratch mm-hmm. after the the twelve team playoff mm-hmm. is done. And I always read that John as like, yeah, okay, cool, you could, but why would you change much? Sure. I figured I've I've been making the argument for a long time. If they're going to change something, I think it would be incorporating more home games because. Teams one through four would be frustrated that they would lose out on potential home football games. And that's the thing that I thought that they would maybe change. Otherwise, I thought that the 12-team format would go over very well. I think it will. I think people are going to enjoy it. And yet it seems like they might start from scratch moving forward. Well, consider that the landscape has changed since (laughs) before the 12-team format was first proposed. Remember, when the first 12-team format was proposed... Texas and Oklahoma were still members of the Big 12. And that actually put the original expansion on pause for a little Correct. bit. Correct. We could have had the 12-team playoff actually this past season. Right. It just finished. In the original proposal, it would have been three years of a 12-team playoff before they started from scratch. But they dug their heels in. And then essentially what happened was presidents told them to poop or get off the pot yeah. and expand this damn thing because they wanted more money. Well, in uh, the nine-hour meeting that took place yesterday... They explored new models, including all, multiple automatic qualifiers from the Power Four conferences and a 14-team format. Yeah. You're saying, well, how would a 14-team format work? Basically, the like top the two seeds, yeah. the top two seeds would get buys. So you're just expanding the first round by two more games, right? No, one more game. No, by two. It's no, like, you two. remember how we That's went from right. wild yep, card yep, yep. to two super more. wild card So weekend. you'd have six first-round games, and the two top-rated teams would get buys. Mm-hmm. Correct. But what is, of course, different about college football versus the NFL, well, for now at least, is that there are not two conferences. There right. are still many conferences. That's true. Whereas the NFL, you get a one seed. It's one seed in the AFC, a one seed in the Correct. NFC. So while I still don't really like it, I wish that it was the old format, it does at least make sense on paper because of the two separate leagues. This is not so much that. Correct. But it probably would be the Big Ten and the SEC. But here's the thing. It's multiple automatic qualifiers. And that's multiple from each conference. The Big Ten and the SEC are looking for more bids. Now, the SEC has actually been arguing, let's just make it all at large. Yeah, they don't just even take want the top 12 or 14 or 16 teams because they know they'll have – a good percentage of those schools. Yeah. Because the SEC has been the best conference. SEC is going to have 16. Big Ten's going to have 18 teams. The Big Ten is saying, well, we should get multiple automatic bids. And by the way, it doesn't just sound like from what I have read and heard in discussions, this isn't just about maybe getting like two auto bids. Like there's rumbling that these conferences want four. Yeah. The Big Ten wants four automatic qualifiers. So every playoff will include at least four teams and they would automatically qualify. And the SEC would presumably also get four automatic qualifiers. So if you have a 14-team playoff, you're guaranteed that eight, eight of those of 14 them. are from those two conferences. And who knows what the rest actually get. A hey, real quick aside, I don't want to go down a different rabbit hole, but uh, if, if a top four automatically gets you in, I guess that means Nebraska can play hard non-conference games anymore since it's about just finishing top four in the Big Ten. But herein lies an interesting question. And this could be whether or not the Big Ten argues for two or three or four automatic qualifiers. Then what would be the point of hosting or holding a conference championship game? Because the conference championship game, oh, I know what the answer is. But from a 
strategic point of view, what is going to be the attraction of that game? If uh, So, for example, let's say the Big Ten in the next contract gets four automatic qualifiers. Well, you would presume that those would go to the top four teams in that year's standings. Because remember, there's only one division now. There's no divisions. It's just all 18 teams lined up in a row. Outside of going for a trophy, why why would you have any incentive to play that game? I'll give you one piece of incentive, and this is just me making a devil's advocate argument. It would be you're hoping to get a top two seed. Cool. I agree with you. Cool. It it doesn't it doesn't seem to be that large of a reward but all it, told. It would it would almost be better if you were the three or the four seed. You didn't have to play the extra game against a good team. And you had an extra week to rest and get healed up. Going back to Bartu's argument yesterday about injuries and how injuries are more prevalent in the bigger conferences than they are in the littler conferences. That would seem to be a a big advantage. Honestly, John, a better thing to do, weirdly, would be a Big Ten championship game for teams that are like the fourth and fifth ranked teams because then the winner is the fourth ranked team in the conference. I know it's stupid. (laughs) That's idiotic. But you know what, man? This is a tremendous point. And I don't know if you read that anywhere. You're the first person I've heard bring this up. What is the point? I mean, we've we've long wondered, what is the point of these beyond making money? We know that that's a valuable thing, the money. But beyond that, they are a relic of a distant past in college football, right? Or a not so distant past. Right. In a new iteration, and especially a 14 iteration, and especially when top four teams in your league have locked in berths, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you're a three seed, you're like, sweet. We are in, and I don't have to play one of the good teams. I mean, think I about the it. week off. Think about it this way. Let's say the NFL were structured this way, and let's say, for argument's sake, well, the, the Cowboys and Eagles did tie for the division, didn't they? Uh, and Dallas won the tiebreakers. No, right? because the Eagles lost it in the, oh, in that's the week right. 18. Well, let's yeah. just pretend for argument's sake. Yeah. The Eagles and the Cowboys tie for the division. They both know they're going to the playoffs, and there's no you know NFL built-in tiebreakers. They both know they're going to the playoffs, but their division decides, oh, we should still have a division championship game. Mm-hmm. Even though both teams know they're getting into the playoffs. What's going to be the incentive to win that game? Yeah. I mean, that, the, the doomsday for years when playoff expansion was discussed was, I don't want to get to important games, Michigan-Ohio State, for example, and have players sitting out that football game. Right. That's the biggest fear, right? Because right. that sucks. This is a rivalry. This is not like the NFL where you get two matchups a year, and so one of them will be important. That stuff matters. This is a doomsday scenario because there is a world where then the conference championship game is truly both teams trying to get through. Now, again, Brett does say the thing I brought up earlier. Champion is guaranteed a buy. But with the way this... The but what if the champion's not guaranteed a buy? What if... What, what if it's a down year for the Big Ten? Certainly. Now, certain they could probably... If well, they're they going to argue to have much? four automatic bids, heck, they could probably flex their muscle and say that, well, our conference champion always gets a buy and the SEC's conference champion. The SEC and Big Ten champs always are a one and a two in some order. Right. They could, they could but imagine the disaster if we do get a year where the Big Ten is down and you've got a two-loss Michigan getting an automatic buy as a number one seed or a number two seed just because they won the Big Ten, yet everyone knows by watching, yeah, they're not one of the best two teams out there. It's a, It's horrible. 
It's bad. So, again, you're you're devaluing a lot. You're devaluing a ton. I think that the regular season still means a whole lot. I mean, certainly the the machinations of top four being guaranteed just really does provide a whole lot of weirdness by the time you get to November. I think in some, I guess in some good ways in terms of like teams ranked three through six and seven, but in some bad ways maybe even for the teams at the top where I've long argued that I actually didn't think a 12-team playoff would result in sitting players. I think a 14-team and, and eight spots guaranteed to those two leagues, I actually think that would result in a lot of players sitting out games and, and being safe towards the end of the season, which, again, is something that I do not like. The other part about this, and Stuart Mandel brought it up in his column about this news yesterday, uh, and it's something you and I have talked about with the 12-team, but it exasperates the problem with a, with a 14. What the hell are we when, – when are we playing these games? Because the calendar is already so uh, nuts by the time you get right. to November or December, rather, it doesn't seem like they there is a whole lot of momentum of pushing the season up before Labor Day. I think they like having Labor Day as the official kickoff of everything. So there's not a there's not a sentiment of move everything to week zero. Okay, well, if you're not going to do that, you're going to have these six games, and you want to talk about devaluing things because again, that is kind of what this conversation is. If you have to play six first round games. And you are not willing to go up against the NFL. This will result in overlapping games on weeknights. Yes, it will. And that is how you devalue your product because you are not you are not putting your best foot forward. You are not giving as many fans an opportunity to watch it. And it really does in a sport that does a lot of stuff for money. That is some super money grubbing stuff when you mm-hmm. are just playing these games on weeknights just for S's and G's. This, I mean, the schedule's already wonky with the 12-team playoff because, again, college football does not want to go up against the National Football League. For example, now this is in the 12-team playoff coming up this upcoming season. The first-round games, of which right now there's only four, but if they did 14 teams, there would be six. So you'd have to add another one, or two, rather. But as of... This next playoff, there will be one playoff game on Friday, December 20th, and then three games on Saturday, December 21st. So what are you doing? Are you doing two and four now, or are you doing one and then five? And again, they, the games no longer have their own windows. And it's kind of like March Madness, which can be enjoyable, but one of the positives about football postseason is fewer games, thus their own windows, thus maximizing the viewership and the audience. I mean, you would you would almost have to start on a Thursday. Yeah, one game Thursday. You'd have one game, one game Thursday, one game Friday, and then, quadruple and then try to do four games on Saturday, which means either something that's starting very early, eleven, or a game that starts very late. Yeah, you're looking at or if you wanted to both. do their own windows, it's eleven, two thirty, six o'clock, and nine thirty. So you better hope you got a West Coast team in there, you know, or two West Coast teams. But even then, that I mean, it, you are you are limiting viewership opportunities, or you're going to have to overlap some games. Correct. Michael's do, do do like you know the 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 goofy doubleheader not doubleheader Monday night football correct where a game starts at six and the next game starts at seven thirty but they're on different channels obviously money Chris emails in he says what is the point of playing conference championships in basketball it would be similar and I you know it's funny that's a good comparison because at the end of a season talk Big Ten standings Purdue. They're pretty much going to know. We're going to know that they're a one seed by the sure. time that the Big Ten regular season is done. And yet they will have to go to this archaic Big Ten tournament in Minnesota 
Which is funny because it's actually one of the newer tournaments because they didn't have a tournament for many, many years. That's a good point. But that that is ingrained into college basketball. I would also argue, though, college basketball is not as, quote-unquote, dangerous a sport as football. Oh, absolutely. And how about this from Michael? If the top four are guaranteed to the Big Ten and SEC, does that mean they only get four teams in a year? Or could could they get more of the remaining six slots in the system is that largest? Of course they could. They could. Yeah. They could, and right now those two leagues have all the all the chips in their corner because everybody else is afraid that they're going to run off and do their own thing, and so they're basically kind of bending over right now and saying, okay, we'll give you whatever you want, but at some point there's going to be pushback. Uh, Adam texts into the show, 402-951-1620. I think conference championship games will eventually go away. The money lost by conference will be made up by the playoff TV money. There is a reason the NFL – brought up earlier doesn't have a divisional or conference championship games before the playoffs you would think so because that is a smart thing but given how they are reacting to everything you know i would agree remember remember the sec's championship game makes them a lot of money and it's money they get to keep yeah and you wonder they don't have to share with anybody like in this era like does that make them i mean it would make money would it make them as much money as it has because in a world where the top four are already in you are it's John, dare I say it, becomes what bowl games are now. Sure. It's an opt-out. It's an see, and maybe that's maybe ultimately that's what results in them going away is the opt-outs would be tremendous. Because if I'm a guaranteed team in the playoff, even if I don't get a bye, they're the thing about college football is they don't play the next week. The bye in the NFL is massive because they play in week 18 and then 12 teams play the very next week and two don't. But in a playoff, you just read the dates. Read, read those dates again for this year's playoff. Yeah, it's Friday, December 20th, and Saturday, December 21st. It's two weeks after conference championship Correct. weekend. Correct. Everybody gets a bye. Some teams get two is essentially what we're talking about. So if, if I am one of those teams, if I'm a one and a two seed in the SEC or Big Ten, and I look at that proposition, I say, I mean, yeah, not having to play an extra game in the playoff would be nice, but I'm already getting two weeks off. I'll be fine. Why would we – let's not throw, you know, J.J. McCarthy out there. Let's not throw Carson Beck out well, there. Well, here's here's the scenario that would concern me as someone who really loves the month of November. What if you have a situation in an Ohio State-Michigan game where both teams are going to be playoff teams? But let's say, you know, let's say Ohio State's first and Michigan's fourth. Michigan knows they have no chance at – improving their status but they know that they're they've clinched a bit into okay so you're saying in this world they know they're a four for sure the the five can't catch them right okay and they go into that game and Sharon Moore or whoever's Michigan's coach is at that time says man you know we got some guys that are banged up right now it's it's probably better for us to sit sit a few of these guys than it is to go all out to win a game that yeah it's pride I get it but, but we care but, about the long but goal. But if we're looking at the bigger picture of wanting to make a run in the playoff, we're gonna we're probably gonna sit this one out. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Is I it- mean, the, the potential for opt outs is there. And if you don't believe me, just watch the NFL. You get a team that has clinched their division, has clinched a one seed going into the final week. I mean, the Rams 49ers game 
It was only the only stakes in that game was the Rams seed six or a seven. That was the only stakes, and the Rams sat most of their. St- Aaron Donald didn't play. Matthew Stafford didn't play. The 49ers didn't play McCaffrey. Even though that's a rivalry, and there's pride involved, and there's sure. a friendship between the head coaches, and one of them wants to win. Sure. Like, yet they sat everybody, and and again to go back to something we talked about earlier. I have long thought that we wouldn't have to deal with these problems in a 12-team format. Again, because of it's still so, so such a small number. And again, if it's only one bid per league guaranteed, the value of being a top four in that format is so incredibly valuable. And so I still think that it matters. In a 14-team playoff where four spots are locked in for one conference or two conferences... It just doesn't mean as much. And this is when the worst case scenario happens. Yes. Where they, the sports power brokers, would ultimately devalue their product. And and so I hope that listeners like Adam, um, you know, Jordan says if they get a rid of conference title games, they could bump up the playoffs by a week. I they certainly could. They say could. And I would hope that, that would be that would be right. But I, I do wonder if I mean they're obviously not seeing the forest through the trees. Because this could, I mean, if you had conference championship games and and neither team cared, that's a disaster. Like, that's stupid. You know, it really does become an exhibition of sorts um, that, you know, there would be very little interest in. Why would I Why would I care to watch the conference championship games for a league that has four spots? What, what's the purpose of this? At least the ACC's game would be for a spot. That matters. That's do or die in that moment. Big Ten isn't, you know. And for folks like us the two of us, who like to see good non-conference games locking in four SEC spots and four Big Ten spots. What Matt Rule said about changing the non-conference schedule, there would be no incentive to play anybody in the non-conference because it's all going to be about finishing top four in your league. So maybe then they'd actually play hard since play hard teams because there is no incentive. It's right. all about finishing top four. But but they probably wouldn't oh, of course because because then they try to get a five or a six bid league, you know, like that's what it would come down to. Exactly. So and, and that's that's the that's the sticky wicket you run into as you're going through this, because the one argument against playoff expansion in the first place has been you're going to devalue the regular season, and I would contend you're going to. You're not going to devalue it, but you're going to radically alter it by guaranteeing multiple bids to each conference. Yeah, that because John, because I hate the, it because the potential for late season rivalry games to have opt outs or conference championship games having opt outs goes up because people are going to prioritize how can I maximize my best ability to perform well in the postseason. Versus where it has been, where you've been in the regular season. Max says Michigan was in no matter what last year, even if they lost to Iowa, they didn't sit anyone. Why? So I, I would, I would mostly agree with you. They were, they were mostly in, but there is a world where they lose, and the the committee actually decides to put Florida State in above them because their non conference schedule was such garbage. And yeah, and it, and listen, and seeding matters though. They wanted now. I don't think they thought they were going to play Bama. But they wanted to be a one seed. That is a valuable proposition in, in a small playoff. Where if you lose, you're first of all you're putting it up to chance, and seeding in a four team scenario is much much different. Yes, much much different. Yeah, the, yeah, you you, it's almost apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Yes, there have been examples 
I mean, some could have argued that Georgia felt that they were in last year before the SEC championship 100%. 100%. And then we found out they weren't. Correct. But the more teams you – and remember, these are guaranteed spots from within your conference. Yes. The Big Ten didn't have a guaranteed bid last year. It just kind of seemed that way. The SEC didn't have a guaranteed bid. It It just just seems that that way. way. The Big Ten would have four of them at that point in time. Scott writes something that I've seen a lot today. I've heard almost no good talk about the playoff expanding again or the Big Ten and SEC doing their own thing. Do the people in charge just not listen? They're going to ruin a product we all love. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny, too. I love the idea of expanding the playoff in a world of a 16-team league. I have no issue, or a 16-team CFP. I have no issue with that. Where where I start having umbrage with this discussion is, what is the purpose of these? I mean, I know, again, what the purpose is, but mm-hmm. why have so many guaranteed bids? That is ridiculous. And that's where the sport's... It starts turning sour. And and again, John, I think of our friends in in Ames. I think of our friends in Tallahassee. I think of fans of schools like that that are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They get that many bids. They get 8 of 14. They're going to hog over half mm-hmm. of the playoff field. And we're fighting for our lives to get one. What's That's where I say, what's the purpose of me watching and engaging in this sport? You know, if I'm a fan of a team like that. It it. it. It just is it's harder and harder all the time. So it's funny, you know, and I don't know how much of these conversations are being had, but right now the, the, the biggest problem college sports has in general is there is way too much what's in it for me. And while that same sentiment exists in the NFL, in the NBA, there has been a culture, and you can thank the people like the the uh, the Pete Rozelles and the David Stearns and those folks who were able to convince the powerful that there was a greater good at stake, that the health of the entire sport would lift everyone, and that working together and not being so greedy and just looking out for number one, we could all get rich together. Why get why why allow just one or two people to get rich when we can all get rich? Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been that singular voice. There hasn't been that one voice out there saying, guys, we can do this all together and we can all profit from this. We can all make a lot of money. All of us can make a lot of money. But there is so much just looking out for themselves, and it's only gotten worse. It's funny. I, I watched the um, I watched the documentary on the AFL here in the last couple of weeks. Do you know how to think about this? You had two leagues who were at each other's throat for the best players and were breaking the bank to sign players from the other league over. They were able to put together a merger within six months, actually not even that long, between two rival football leagues. Because they were able to, first of all, they realized, hey, we could, you know, control the costs of paying the athlete. So certainly greed was at stake here. But it was for the better good of everybody's bottom line that they worked together instead of continuing to try to work for their own separate interests. 
And there's nobody right now in college athletics who's looking out for the greater good. Or if there are those that are there, they have no say in the room. The people that should be looking out for the greater good of college sports are the Tony Petitis and the Greg Sankeys who hold all the power. But right now, their only interest is what's in it for us? Mm -hmm. What's in it for my 16 teams in the SEC? What's in it for my 18 teams in the Big Ten? To hell with those other guys. There's not enough of that going on, and that's why this whole enterprise is just it, it, it's coming apart at the seams. And it's going to continue to do so until it finally just all blows up and we're left with the Big Ten and the SEC. Coming up next, education versus entertainment. Believe it or not, this actually branches from an NBA topic. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. By the way, uh, some I'll just mention it here since we're going to move on to something else. But college football's early signing period is going to move, this is according to Nicole Auerbach, to early December. Hmm. So it'll move two weeks? Ahead of the opening of the winter transfer portal window. Yeah, basically. Hmm. So they still haven't taken our advice. Move it to August or September. I've also got an update. I was wrong about people just being able to create players that don't opt in. There's a way they will just won't let you do it. There you go. So Look at all these updates. There's that. Any updates from any sides. Mm-hmm. 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 